This is a meditation challenge for men with Dr. William Teeley. Dr. Teeley is the founding spiritual director for the School for Contemplative Living and author of the book, Monks in the World, Seeking God in a Frantic Culture. Here's Dr. Teeley. In this series, we've been talking about various meditative practices, including mindfulness and heartfulness. Today, I'm going to share just a little bit more in this episode about that move from mindfulness toward contemplation. And we're going to begin with a little section that says this, The story I tell myself is. You may have known of the work of Brene Brown, who is a researcher, originally a primarily a shame researcher at the University of Houston in Texas. She's really done a fascinating bit of work around the way we create stories in our own heads that often dominate how we see ourselves and the world around us. A shifting from primarily a narrative focus, like a focus on the narrative in my own head, to primarily an experiential focus, like focusing on my direct experience of my life right now, is one important aspect of the mindfulness journey. So mindfulness involves the shift from that automatic pilot state of being that where we're caught up in the mind and its endless stories about what it thinks about ourselves and others, really the stories we tell ourselves, shifting into a state of awareness of what this body, mind, spirit, which we are, is currently experiencing. So see if you can get that for a minute. The difference between the story I tell myself, which is that constant narrative in the head, to focusing on, but what am I actually experiencing right now? What we learn from contemplative practices is that beneath all stories, I am. Meaning, I exist. My life is being right now. And no amount of stories in my head about what's going on or who I am or who others are or what things mean can change the fact that at another layer of consciousness, I just am. I am being the being I am right now. Contemplative practice, which I'm defining as practicing the presence of God, moves us on past that layer of awareness, the story, of what is going on in and around us to simple presence or simple being without thoughts, feelings, experiences, or concepts to focus on. In traditional monastic practice, meaning monks over the centuries, there was a shift from a first phase of sacred reading, referred to in Latin as Lexio Divina, into a period of meditation, meditatio, where one reflects on the meaning of a passage that they've read, into prayer, called oratio, where one is praying whatever has been read, integrating it, letting it go down into the heart, letting it be expressed from the heart, and finally, a fourth phase of lexio, contemplation, or contemplatio, which is just being present to the presence of God without words or concepts. 
traditional monastic practice involved allowing ourselves, being receptive to God's movement, helping us to go from that place of the thoughts and reflections and what we think and even what we pray into a state of just pure oneness. So that place of contemplatio or contemplation for monks really was not something we create. It wasn't a specific technique. It was more a state of awareness or a state of consciousness being helped by God to come into that oneness with God. And ultimately, that was often the intention of their spiritual practice. As we move through various meditation practices in this uh, series of episodes, we are on a journey from mindlessness, when we're just lost in a story, to mindfulness, which is being aware of what's going on with us and around us, towards and into contemplation, when we're having a direct experience of oneness with the divine without concepts and thoughts and analyses, the usual states of the mind. I want to offer a bit of concern, though. Some people refer to this as a kind of dark night of the soul, that in this stream of practices, in this direction of moving towards contemplation or that state of just simple being, some people do find that meditation has become more of a curse than a cure. There's an interesting article about this written by Thomas Rocha in The Atlantic from June 25th, 2014. In this excellent counterbalance to all the recent articles proclaiming the wonder of meditation practice, the author recounts a new movement springing up to address the dangers of meditation, and this is what they have found. Some people find the stages of letting go of the mind's usual narrative distressing at a very deep level. The possible meditative experiences of emptiness, of disorientation of the self, which says something like this, if I'm not my thoughts or feelings, then who am I? And for some, even a sense of what the Buddhists call no self, all of this together can feel like becoming altogether lost. So letting go of our usual efforts to control what we think or feel can also result in a lowering of our emotional defenses. For some people, this level of vulnerability can bring a flood of unwanted emotions or memories. Things formerly suppressed can come bubbling up and can be devastating for some. So we should offer a proper warning that there can be a danger to our sense of self in proceeding through meditation practices. Normal stages of transformation of our sense of self can feel more like disintegration. A solution is finding a place of inner stillness, an inner sanctuary, if you will, a sense of our wholeness beneath any form of brokenness, and learning to rest in that security when we're passing through changes to our sense of self. 
For many people, this means finding a sense of oneness with the divine, oneness with others, and even oneness with all that is. Beneath everything else in the psyche is our true home, where we are one with compassionate God and all of creation. This is why we moved into a practice of loving-kindness meditation in our previous episode, so that early on we can begin to establish an attitude of compassion for ourselves just as we are. Self-compassion is a foundation for our whole meditation challenge. So let's be clear that our form of mindfulness, being aware of the present moment in our own experience, involves the cultivation of compassion. We seek to hold our moments in loving awareness and then to move into the state of resting in the heart of compassion without any need for thoughts or concepts. So here, after that warning, I offer this invitation. Inside you, you can find a place, a kind of solid ground in your own being, where you are simply sitting in oneness with God. And you are safe there because you are one with the creator of the whole universe. So if your sense of yourself begins to change, if you've always seen yourself in one way, and now that begins to become another way, if you've really seen the world as being this way or that way, and now in this regular practice of meditation leading into contemplation, you begin to view the world in different ways, if beliefs you've had begin to be shaken a bit, if you have doubts and questions about yourself and your worldview, know that underneath all of those insecurities is a place of deeper security because you are one with God. In your oneness is a place of security in which you can stand through whatever changes may come along the way. One of the most remarkable parts of our mission statement in our School for Contemplative Living is this, that we are creating contemplative communities who practice the presence of God for personal transformation. And obviously, transformation means change. So I invite you, if you're willing to take this challenge, to accept that you will begin to change if you keep submitting yourself to this place of oneness with the divine. This doesn't mean you're a terrible person and the divine is going to be fixing you. It does mean that as you become one with the divine on a regular basis in the most simple of practices, you will be discovering your truest self, that truest self coming directly from the source of your being who is the divine and who loves you so just as you are. So there's a warning for our meditation challenge and there's an invitation. I hope you'll stay on this journey with us for the episodes to come.
The School for Contemplative Living exists to create contemplative communities who practice the presence of God for personal transformation and compassionate service with the world. To find additional resources as you continue your journey, visit the School for Contemplative Living online at thescl.net. That's www.thescl.net. Thank you.